Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us for this hour, our host, Tom Dupree, Missy Clifton, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. So, I guess I had, yeah, I had graduated from college and was living in Lexington, Kentucky, probably 1980. It was more like 85-ish. No, not this song. This one came out in 78. So, uh... I was sitting around with Dan Clifton, and I thought I'd heard every kind of music that, you know, I was like the U.S. Patent Office that decided to close in the 1830s because everything that could be invented had been invented. And uh, then all of a sudden, he put on an album by the police, and I thought, you know, because theoretically, it was sort of punk, and, but... I said, that, now these guys are a little different and they take this genre to a different place. So that was my experience with learning something new. By 85, they were pretty much out of business. So the, the, the real good albums from the police came in the late 70s, early 80s. But I just heard something the other day and the reason I played that song is because this was on YouTube. How many people, when hearing the word Roxanne, are hearing rock sand? <laughs> and now you'll never hear it as Roxanne again. And there were 500 comments, and there were people that were like, you're an idiot, or, oh, thanks, 
I'll, you know, and then another guy said, that's what I originally thought he was saying when I first heard the song, not rock sand, but rock sand. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know why I bother double checking you on anything about music, but this came out April 7th of 1978. That 85 thing is... Well, I think it was my college frame of reference is what it was because well, it was still a popular song. There were so. things going on before you were in college. And after you, <laughs> and, and after you, you were. Know, I agree, and yeah. that's why I you know, had to admit that this was a new... I had a new experience musically when I first heard The Police. I'm, I'm just going to really tell you that. And it was because of... Uh, it was because of Dan. And then... Uh, Chap Cousins told me about it, and I don't know. It was one of these things where the younger guys are showing me something that, you know, I didn't. See here, I thought you'd be busting out with something from Ted Nugent since it was his birthday this past week. Yeah, he's not really – I don't know that I'm ever going to be in Ted's lane. (laughs) Little cat scratch fever, a little something like that. It just wasn't – I mean, about as far as I went down that road was Grand Funk Railroad. Okay, okay. All right. He's 75. He's 75 years old. Great. Ted Nugent, 75. I mean, I put him in the same category with, say, Steve Miller or, uh, you know, uh, Robin Troer or uh, George Thorogood or just these guys that, you know, uh, I mean, I wouldn't probably. They might have had one or two songs that you listen to, but. I mean, they're not a Joe Walsh or somebody. So that's just, and I, I don't know. Uh, I can be wrong about a lot of things. I, I'm just not embarrassed to tell you what my opinion is. Okay, uh, Psalm 63. Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. See, that's, that's an analogy. Uh, it's talking in a spiritual sense about uh, comparing the spiritual person to, um, you know, a desert where you're dying for water. But in this case, uh, the, the writer is dying for uh, a union with God. Verse 2, so I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips, I've, I've read this psalm several times, I, I keep on even on the show, but I keep reading it because it just haunts me. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. So it's possible for the soul to be satisfied while the body maybe still doesn't quite have what it needs. But he's, he's making an analogy that everyone can understand, which is having had a nice meal. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of night, how many of you have had trouble sleeping? Because, listen, if I'm asleep, sound asleep, 
I ain't thinking about praying, laying in my bed. But when I can't sleep, which is often, then I do pray. And, and that has become, it used to be I was afraid of not being able to sleep. Now it's just kind of something that happens and spend my time saying prayers. Uh, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. So this is a thing, you know, even though the the writer is is with all of his being sort of reaching out for God, he's actually being upheld by the hand of God. So he's not the one doing all the work. And it's interesting because sometimes, you know, we get this idea that look at all this stuff we're doing and we're doing this and we're doing that. And it's like that thing where they talk about foot footprints, you know, where I was struggling, da, 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 and I was walking through the sand. And then I look back and there were another pair set of footprints there where I was being carried, you know, by a hand that was bigger than me, which until you come to that, you're going to be thinking that you're doing it when really what's happening is you're being uh, upheld. Okay, one of the things that, you know, we've talked about uh, is things that have been presented to us as the truth that we all knew weren't true, but we were uh, being castigated about uh, about uh, expressing an alternate opinion. Some of that's broken up a little bit. You know, I, I was speaking to a guy yesterday about how he knows of two doctors that when people come in with cancer diagnoses nowadays, the first question they ask the patient is, how many of the uh, COVID vaccines have you had? And if you've had, and they, and they're now telling their patients, and this is going on a lot, do not get any more. So part of the reason why Pfizer and these people are not selling any more vaccines is because doctors are now beginning to advise people against it. And and I don't give a rat's, you know what, about the fact that they run ads, come in here and get your vaccine. It's out there, folks. They are saying that they no longer can deny the incidence of this stuff with the ubiquity of people having had these vaccines and not only the first one, but the second one, the third one. So that's one of these things that we were told to stay away from and that it wasn't, you know, that how could you believe that? The other thing that was like a third rail was uh, being an election denier. So the first one was to be vaccine hesitant, which was considered bad, not good, stupid right-wing idiot. The other one that would, would get you as a stupid right-wing idiot was uh, election denier, meaning that you might suggest that there, there had been potential fraud. And so... Uh, we now have um, a Heartland Rasmussen poll. Rasmussen, by the way, 
highly respected on both the left and the right. Rasmussen, Muthen, Muthen, Muthen polls, and uh, you know Rasmussen uh, reports on public opinion polls that they take on a variety of subjects. I mean, they, you know, they can take uh, a public opinion poll on what brand of broom do you like the best? And, and I'm sure some of it, they get hired by people to do it. Well, in this case, they, uh, they did a poll and they did a survey and they showed that 17% of mail-in voters admitting admitted to voting in a state where they are no longer permanent residents. 21% admitted filling out ballots for others. 17% signed ballots for family members without consent. And 8% reported offers of pay or reward for their vote. Now, this is, I'm sure it's a blind uh, thing, but... This is kind of a big story because it's an admission of pretty widespread fraud. I mean, 17% of voters that did mail-in votes, that could have swung an election in some of these states where there was a lot of voting. We've all known that there was big problems when they stopped the counting for four or five days, and the media acted like it was no big deal, you know, just look the other way while we get new votes in so our guy can catch up and win. And so now we, we have a, a, a report out there where people are admitting to having done it. I don't know. What's your thought? I, I have so much to talk about on those two subjects. Well, you got that, eight minutes. I know. This. It's like, wh- where do I begin? I feel like a kid in a candy store. And I also handed you, um, and, and you know, several articles about the fact that um, the you know the Supreme Court has agreed to hear the January sixth case Th- that that's could that could affect Trump's uh, could affect Trump's prosecution. And and th- that's there's a lot of really interesting stuff about this. So but I'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, in, a minute. in the second hour but or second on, half hour. On the so you're talking about the the COVID vaccinations, and that goes perfectly with what something I wanted to talk about, which there are several things that have happened this week that are showing that the facade is crumbling. So number one, you've got Florida, you know, Surgeon General uh, Joseph Ladapo, Ladapo, who sent a notice to the FDA and the CDC, putting them, not, sorry, not, sent a note, he sent a letter to them, putting them on notice that they had to answer the questions that he has which are largely surrounding about the fact that are the mRNA injections, all of them, are they Trojan horses filled with replicon technology? And he asked about the fact that they have so been you want shown. to do that rather than the no, you, Trump you, 20%? No, thing? I want to talk about the, the Trump stuff okay. later, but we, we were, you were talking about... You don't about, want to talk about that. You, you want to go about, back to the... You were talking other, about, you said two things okay. that, you know, that doctors are saying don't take them. Yes, they and are. here we have on record, we have a Florida, you know, the Surgeon General has asked... You must respond to me by December thirteenth. We, I haven't, I don't know what the that was yesterday. So I'm very interested about what well, is going to. They be don't done. have to respond to anybody that they don't think they do. <laughs> I mean, that's, these agencies are above the law. You know that, don't you? They make their own laws, and that's an interesting thing uh, because you know certainly uh, you know going back to um, we, you know so 
the things that are starting to come out. We we didn't get to talk about this last week because uh, we got preempted for the ball game. But you know when Elon. So Elon Musk, you know, he's trying to sue Media Matters over the, you know, trying to stop the advertisers from advertising and the, the all the, they're the liberal, you know, sound horn, if you will. In the meeting that he had with the New York Times, and remember, I don't know if anybody saw this, that he said, F you to yeah, all you I people, did. F you, F you. <laughs> there was one comment, though, he made that I, I think this circles to everything that you're talking about. And it's something that I think is so important when he said, what I care about is the reality of goodness, not the perception of it. Yeah. And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. That's and then right. he said, F them. That's right. And and, and he said, I, hi, Bob, talking yeah, about Bob Iger. About Disney, exactly. And I think that there is something really interesting about, there's powerful about that, that, that comment. And we can really go. So you think that comment applies to all these things all of this. just mentioned here? All of this. The Trump, uh, the, the thing about the election deniers, the thing about the vaccine deniers. Yes. It's all absolutely. tied together. It's all tied together because, and, and look at it, they're trying to castrate, um, you know, X, you know, Twitter now X right in time for the election season. That hurts. Castrate. Castrate them right in time for the election season. Could but you it's come not, up with another but word? It's, it's not going to work. It's I not going to work because you also, as I said, there, people really are painful. starting to rise up and say things. You have the attorney general, Missouri's attorney general, who also <laughs> has gone after media matters. Because I don't know if you well, know. Well, I mean, if these, if here's the thing. Uh, these states are not going to get anything done unless they all work together. You can go after this. You can go up there. They've been going after this and that. I mean, James Comer has been going after Hunter Biden well, for how long? Where are we with did, it? Were you watching? Sorry. Were you watching uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Mr. Wordsmith on yeah. the CNN town hall? I can't watch all this stuff. Okay. Well, he, he I, I know what I see. I mean, I know what I see, and what I see is it looks like the facades are cracking all That's around. But here's the problem: he talked um, about um, the entrapment of peaceful protesters on the January sixth. Yeah, 6th. and 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 you you say that, and we're going to talk in the second. I want to go over this Supreme Court case because I knew a guy that was there, and he said what was said on January sixth. Yeah, at the January 6th commission was way different than what I witnessed. And I've had friends who here, here's what I'm going to say. This is a constant and I've seen this on all of these things. If you express an opinion that maybe the election wasn't really, uh, that there might've been some fraud enough to swing it. If you say that, if you say that the vaccines are not safe or if you say that the January 6th thing was potentially staged by the government, not the protesters, in all of these you bring incredible wrath down upon yourself from the left-wingers. But the problem is now they're beginning to – it's beginning to – there's enough things coming out that it's hard to suppress. See – one thing that I've seen in my life, and it isn't just in my lifetime, but from the study of history, 
is that sometimes something that everybody says they believe, but it isn't right, but they have strength in numbers of all banding together and saying, oh, we believe this, believe this, we believe this. Um, it all flips over on them at some point where I'll give you an example. I, I saw a guy that posted on Facebook, let's say, it's a guy I know, and, and he said, um, he said, Elon Musk is a POS, but he spelled it out for allowing Alex Jones to reinstate his Twitter account. Alex Jones, of course, you know, InfoWars, he's being sued for a billion dollars for suggesting that the Sandy Hook shootings were, uh, were staged. Um, and the guy had this incredible amount of vituperation for uh, Elon Musk because of basically allowing this guy to reinstate his Twitter account. And something like 200 people liked it and 80 people commented. People are so bought into this narrative that, and then you see when it starts to shake, they double down on it. I'm not saying one thing or the other, either pro Alex Jones or negative against uh, um, Elon Musk, but I don't feel the need to vehemently jump on the bandwagon when some guy makes a comment that everybody else agrees with. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. Missy Clifton's sitting in for this hour. If you'd like to hear more of the Tom Dupree Show, go to our website, dupreefinancial.com, and click on the radio tab. You can also come and see us by booking an appointment on the homepage of our website, dupreefinancial.com. Come see us. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more of the Tom Dupree Show. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. You've heard me describe bonds as being timely investments lately. Recently, there have been numerous pieces of economic news which may be pointing to a recession. One of them is that credit card use among consumers has declined. Recessions almost always are accompanied by lower interest rates. Lower interest rates mean generally higher bond prices. At many times in the past, the best time to buy things have been when the outlook is unfavorable. For a no-cost no obligation examination of your retirement investment portfolio. Call the pre-financial group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at DupreeFinancial.com. Call a truce Cause nobody wins We both 
It don't matter who's wrong or right Honey, love ain't black and white The way I feel about you All I want to do is hold you tight I can't take another angry night When nobody wins Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us for this segment, our host Tom Dupree, Missy Clifton, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. So this is, turn it back up, this is my old friend Radney Foster, with whom I went to college uh, a lot of years ago, and uh, he's from Del Rio, Texas. He and my brother and I used to play a lot of bluegrass together. He had a his musical career began in Nashville with a guy named Foster. They had Foster and Lloyd. Uh, I'm sorry, he's Foster. The other guy's name is Lloyd. Uh, Bill Lloyd. And, uh, you know, they got discovered. And Radney was really more of a songwriter. But then he went through a long period of kind of downtime. I remember he told me that RCA was going to throw out, like, 5,000 of their old CDs and he bought them for two bucks a piece, put them on his website and sold them for 15. I mean, this guy was doing whatever it took to make ends meet. He also, he also song wrote for people like Keith Urban. I think Keith Urban even recut one of Radney's songs. But anyway, songwriting is kind of where the annuity money is in Nashville. So, or anywhere, but now he is playing to pretty nice venues, mainly in Texas, which is where he's from. Uh, and he's kind of hooked himself into the singer-songwriter crowd in Texas. Like, uh, there's a guy named Green, something Green. Uh, the the kind of the new version of the Armadillo World Headquarters crowd. A guy named Charlie uh, uh, Robeson, who died, who was married to one of the Dixie Chicks, uh, the cute one, I can't think of her name, the one that plays the fiddle. Anyway, not the one that got busted for the comment, you know. But Radney has really established himself you know he's my age basically a couple of years younger he's on the road he played a bunch of shows in arizona recently uh he plays uh he plays in nashville played at the bluebird the other night now he's playing a bunch of shows in texas he's got a following he can go to austin he's he's gonna play somewhere he'll probably pay for three or four hundred people you know he does have a following and of course, these songs, this song right here, probably came out in 1985 with when he was Foster and Lloyd. And uh, I just I admire the resilience and you know the determination, uh, sticking with it. Uh, I mean, what else can you do? You just keep banging your head, and I'm happy for him. I've had him on the show before, um, talking about a song he did called Angel Flight, which was about uh, flying a a deceased veteran back to his home. Uh, 
you know, I mean, I'm just glad that that he's still doing. I, I knew him when he was 19, and play, and me and David and David and myself, that my brother David and Radney, and then we recorded this little two this little session with another guy who was not a fiddle player. He was a violin player trying to be a fiddle player. So that song was actually released in January of 1993. Oh, is that when that came out? Yeah, that was later on. They had a bunch of other songs in the mid 80s. All right. Supreme Court, January 6th, go for it. All right. Well, f- first let me start. Let me, uh, let's just jump back to the end of the last one. We were talking about Vivek uh, Ramaswamy on that CNN town hall, just to tee this up. Um, and from his tweet, he says, too bad for CNN. This is just yesterday, or this is this week. Too bad for CNN. We'll take the truth on January 6th mainstream. There is clear evidence that there was, at the very least, entrapment of peaceful protesters similar to the fake Gretchen Whitmer, Whitmer kidnapping plot and countless other cases. So completely. So, yeah. So, so I'm, my point is, is that if you, if anybody even wants to go and, and pick this one up on YouTube, all you have to do is look at the um, live CNN Republican presidential town hall with Vivek Ramaswamy. And he's being interviewed by this, um, the CNN anchor named Abby Phillips, who just desperately, desperately tries to interrupt him to get him to stop what he's saying because it's like you can just you can imagine her earpiece is just getting blasted saying shut him up shut him up shut him up because he literally just seizes this live tv opportunity to go full on 100 percent january 6th truther and it's was this during the debate that they had at the University of Alabama. It, no, no, no. This is this is in uh, this is in Des Moines, Iowa, at a, a Republican pr- presidential town hall th- okay. that he he was on. Um, and it's just it's just comical to watch him. He, you know, you know, say what you like about you know, say what you like or don't like about him. And I've actually said that I think he's a mouthpiece. For, he's whatever you want him to be, right? He Vivek seems to be whatever you want him to be. But what is, is he when he bees what he wants to be? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because he's he, doing him. You yeah, do, he's doing. What him. is it when he he do you? But 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 with, with all that with with my reservations Would you say about him, Vivek, you do you? I no. What I like is watching him <laughs> spar with woke journalist it is yeah that it's, really it's it is, like he, does he gets do a off good job. on that he, yeah he, he's he's he totally gets off on that and he's polite but he's very he's very direct and he just he's he's consistent he doesn't yeah, they want to get he, rid of him as soon as possible. oh they desperately they want to get rid of him okay. as soon as possible okay so why is this um the fact that you know and i, I handed you the story uh that nbc ran um which is that the supreme court has agreed to hear the january 6th case that could affect the trump prosecution what's actually uh, and, being tried in it, this and, and that's what that's what's interesting because if ever just to kind of step back people think all right you know january 6th i'm so tired of hearing about that that's a bunch of weird people led by some shaman you know and they were <laughs> and causing problems and and scaring poor little aoc and saying yeah, that she yeah. fe- you know okay all right um it, the, <laughs> backing Nancy, up, Nancy pelosi was trapped in right, her trapped, office too trapped, yeah. terrible the federal government as as people know they criminalize January January 6th protesters and capital tourists by repurposing a rarely used evidence law which was originally passed to stop people from destroying evidence in white collar crimes and Tom this this goes back to um you know uh 
uh, the infamous document shredding story that fell out of the Enron case. Right. And it was a, um, it was, it's, it is 18 U.S. 1512 C2, blah, 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 a law passed in 2002 after the Enron case. And it provides up to 20 years in prison for illegally destroying evidence or, and this is the kind of the tricky part of it, um, when someone obstructs, influences, or impedes official proceedings. And this is, this is this, this is the smoke that they have, that that they have gone after the January 6th participants with. So they, they, they started with, the poor shaman, because of course, my God, if you're going to run around with your, you know, your chest painted and, you know, wearing the, 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 you know, the hat and the whole bit, I mean, he was iconically the leader of this, of this situation. And so they used him as a guinea pig to test out this legal theory and see what they could, they could come up with. And as you know, he was, um, the jury gave him five years. And so now they had the DOJ had a precedent to go after everybody else. Right. And, and this is kind of the problem. So the fact that um, this week the Supreme Court has granted, and I do not know how to pronounce this word, but certiori? Certiori. Thank you, certiori. In other words, they have agreed to hear an appeal from the January 6th defendant who was named Edward Lang, who had been convicted under the evidence statute. And so... Because and he he says what they have what they have said is that it is unconstitutionally uh, unconstitutionally vague. So it's constitutionally vague it or unconstitutional. Un- that the evidence statute is unconstitutionally vague, which lets prosecutors twist the law around and so and shape it however they want to. So so the so the appellate court decided two to one to uphold the DOJ's novel interpretation of the statute. Um, as I was reading about it, it says that, that that's significant because if the four Supreme Courts who voted to accept the case had agreed with the appellate court, they wouldn't need to take the case. They could just deny the, say it again, setor, yeah, all right, that. And then the, the DOJ's interpretation would become the law. So the fact is that the, the, fact is that the Supreme the fact that the Supremes took the case is, as I understand, suggestive that at least four of them have something they want to, they have something to say about it. And that most of those legal scholars who are looking at this from the cheap seats, the sidelines, suggest that it doesn't look good for the government. In any John Roberts decision, any case that threatens to big time overturn uh, precedent, even if it's a good case, Roberts is going to go to, is going to vote against it and make sure it doesn't happen. He did that in 2012. Obamacare was shown to be unconstitutional and Roberts voted to keep Obamacare, and now we've had it for, what, 13 years or whatever. Roberts will always vote, almost always, to, you know, try to restrain a major overthrow of something that has become 
common practice or common thinking. I cannot see John Roberts, unless he's really outvoted, and I don't know that he will be, voting, uh, you know, to overturn the official narrative of mm-hmm. January 6th. Right. But because I can't see it happening. Yeah, if they throw out this 1512C2 out as unconstitutional, all of the J6 prisoners will be released. And most of the election interference case against President Trump will dissolve. And I cannot see John Roberts doing that. John Roberts came in as a conservative, but now he's died in the wool liberal. And But does he control the rest well, of the he's, Supreme he's Court the, judges? I mean, how many total he, are there? He, he's he's going to be a, a swing vote. There's nine judges. You know, you're going to get these five, four cases and Roberts is going to vote with the liberals. Um, I think I don't. I mean, you got on the conservative side. You got uh, Amy. Amy, you don't know which way she's going to go. You don't know which way. Uh, who's the guy? The young guy that they accused him of, or he said he was a beer drinker. Uh, the one that they picketed outside his house. Uh, you know, uh, hell, I, know, I can't I remember their names. He he's he can be shaky. The only ones that really seem to be staunch are Alito and Clarence Thomas. Um the other ones they can they are and the other guy is Gorsuch. Um he's the guy from Colorado. He tends to be pretty strong on the conservative side. Brett or whatever his name is, and Amy Coney Barrett, they are flaky. John Roberts isn't even flaky anymore. He's going to go over to the liberal side. So this ain't going to happen. You, I don't and you did, did. What about Sotomayor? Sotomayor. Oh, she's as liberal as yeah. she's, she right. and uh, Elena Kagan are, uh, and then uh, there's, there's another, oh, the new one that was Katanji Jackson. Cat Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh. Him? Yeah. He's the one I was talking about. Katanji Jackson, whom, Biden said, this is a quota hire. We are going to get a black woman, not just a black woman, because he had other ones that he could have done that were conservatives. It's going to be a liberal black woman. That's the party left out. But so yeah, and you, the- if you can tell me, I mean, I, I'm not going to believe anything about this until and, we, we and, and I hear you. I hear you. To, 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 to I mean, to and they think- release all forty thousand hours. There's all kinds of evidence, but the mainstream are going to stick to their narrative until it's pried away from them. You're not going to see anybody let go of power until they have to, and so uh, it isn't just about a court case. It's about public opinion beginning to turn and that's the thing where i see some hope and i i see the liberals becoming more and more shrill like in this guy that commented and he got all these thing people they're 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 realizing that they're they're in fallback mode they're realizing that a lot of these lies that have been advanced it's starting to fall back on them. So now, oh, well, we're definitely going to stand our ground on the fact that Alice Jones, 
Alex Jones is a POS for suggesting this. Well, maybe they're beating us on January 6th. Maybe they're beating us on the vaccines. Maybe they're beating us on election denier. But we know that Alex Jones is a subhuman cretin and that mean old Elon Musk is a total, you know what, for for he didn't support him is is, is what the, the guy said in his post. He said, all he did was let him get back on Twitter. Twitter that also has people on it calling for the extermination of Jews. So, right. yeah, yeah, the fact that this, this guy, but it's beyond the pale that Alex Jones could come back on. So I, I just see, see, let me tell you, if I had to be a liberal and had to see so much of what I've really believed about the world beginning to come unraveled, I think I would be angry also. Well, you know, we, we've talked, I've, I've shared the quote that Elon Musk had to say about, you know, the reality of goodness, you know, versus the perception of it. And it's interesting because you don't see him that, agreeing with that. Well, that quote actually spurred James O'Keefe in his group, OMG, they had a whistleblower in IBM who taped, you're talking about diversity hire too, who taped the IBM head talking about pushing diversity hires on his his staff. That And now there are lawsuits that are well, being filed. Well, J- James O'Keefe can do what he wants to. I'm not paying any attention to him anymore. But other people, fine, you know, no. How much time have we got left? He did. He, 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 all right, I, I want to throw this in here real quick, just because we we had a compliance. We're not going meeting. down the James O'Keefe. I'm not. We're down there. Um, compliance. We had a you know we are a well regulated industry at yeah. in, in this world, and we have our compliance meetings. We have to go over things. I just thought this was fascinating. I thought I'll share this on the thing. I love this. We have the Pentagon has the largest budget of any federal agency, nearly a trillion dollars, and I want you to know what happened this week too. They failed their six annual audit mandated by Congress. Six times they have failed well, their audit. Okay. I just think that's just very interesting. I mean, so so we, they just Where does to, that? I mean, where, where does that, that leave us? Well, I mean, you know, because what? because here's it says it's safe and effective. Sorry, it's along that line. It says oh, I'll just say the here's, here's the Pentagon controllers Michael McCord optimi- optimistically says I'll say that we are we remain a trusted institution. We've made a lot of progress to date, and that when they finally do make their audit, they said they'll let people know. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> mean, these government agencies are definitely out of control, and so I'm sitting here in the middle of a bond rally, and we're seeing. We're going to get into that in the next hour, but that's right. Give everybody a little. Well, now we 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 made a prediction, and you're going to hear some new ads from us. Basically, we felt interest rates were going to go down, and it's it's interesting because you're seeing that even in the face of unprecedented new issue volume of treasuries. Usually, that would make the market go in the tank. Instead, it's going the other direction. The demand. I think it has to do with money coming out of the Fed. It's been sitting there, trillions of dollars, but they're only paying 1%. And now everybody's starting to realize, you know what, we better get something bought here because these yields are going to slip away from us real quick. We were ahead of that. 
and I'm going to be bragging about it a bunch. So, You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton. As Tom mentioned, our financial hour, we're going to do an hour and a half of financial this week. So you want to stay tuned for that. If you want to hear more of the Tom Dupree Show, go to our website, dupreefinancial.com, and click on the radio tab. And we're going to have Gary LeBlanc of uh, Mercy, Mercy Chefs. Chefs in the second half of the third hour. So it's stay tuned for all of that. To. We're powered by Dupree Financial Group, and we will be right back. <laughs>